the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Monday edition of The Ride Home, this beautiful sunny day. Kath, it's uh, good to be with you. Uh, We are still in some uh, deep upheaval in this country, are we not? We are. Wasn't it a difficult weekend? To watch all that unfold, especially right here in our hometown. Yeah, it surely was. Um, yeah. I altered between uh, deep sadness and anger and like throw my hands up in the air, frustration and great despondency. I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the emotional range that I've had over the last three days. I'll, I'll, I'm with you right on that. But I also had some times where uh, I was with friends, and, and you were part of that, where we mm-hmm. gathered uh, for a, a while, for a few hours. It was yeah. good to see old friends. And also at the same time, and, and I know this is all just part of the mix, you got to celebrate what you can celebrate. So yeah. whenever the um, the Falcon 9 uh, blasted oh. into space with American yeah. astronauts, I felt a sense of elation. So there's, yeah. I think in everyone's life, no matter what your focus is, there's always a sense, I think, for most people, a sense of hope. And, of course, always a sense of despair. It's always two sides of the coin. I remember being at Saddleback Church years ago at a worship conference, and Rick Warren was speaking. And he said that when he was little and when he was even a young adult, he used to think that there were ups and downs in life. But he came to realize that the good and the bad are like railroad tracks, and they just go in parallel lines right next to one another. Yeah. And you have to be able to recognize and experience them both at the same time. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So what is true? What is true on this Monday? Well, um, I'll give you a few things that I think are true. Um, There is truth that Derek Chauvin, the police officer in Minneapolis, killed George Floyd. There's truth to that. I think when you see the video and you follow along, you can't deny that. Can't deny it. The truth is that there are really great cops that are out there 24-7 protecting us and loving us, giving us freedom. Sacrificing themselves for us often. Yes. And the truth is there are bad cops who go into the force, I believe most men or women go in with good intentions and the cancer of what it is to deal with the illness of society just eats them alive and turns them dark and ugly. And I think most of us could see that uh, in our own lives if we were forced to deal with what goes on in the street on a regular basis. I believe there's truth to that. Good cop, bad cop, a difficult job. Yes. The truth is you can't explain it away. The truth is you can't dismiss it because a man died Uh, It's important to say it is what it is. And I think the big truth is, in the midst of all this confusion and all this anger and fear and regret and recrimination, that God is on the throne and God knows the story and that he'll be with us 
And I believe, especially only from my white male perspective, I give it over, I give it up, I surrender, and God's in control. And other than that, I have no other truth. The truth is that God is in control. And we will see what happens in these next few weeks, next few months. And hopefully the truth is that there will be an understanding between black and white And someday we recognize that in the shortness of our lives and surrender ourselves to that truth. Kath? What has failed? That's the question I've been thinking of this morning. And, of course, we can talk about the criminal justice system. We can talk about fair policing. We can talk about all of those things. But from a white perspective, because that's the only perspective I have, and the thing I've been reminding myself of over the last five days is that I do not know what it's like to be black in America. But from a white perspective, there are several things that I think have failed for all of us white people in America. And I'd start with this. I think church culture has failed us. I don't mean the church has failed us because the church overall is going to be triumphant and it's the bride of Christ and Jesus will usher it into eternity in his own perfect timing. But the church culture, that means how humans do church. John, I think it's failed. I think that we, you know, Martin Luther King famously said that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Listen, think how long ago MLK lived. And we're still the same way. I feel like church culture has failed. We got white churches, we got black churches. I know that there are, there are churches that are efforting to live and worship together, but the majority of churches in America are not like that. That's true. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing, I think our education system has failed. And I say this as someone who went to an excellent school, a public school system in Pennsylvania, right here in Pittsburgh. I went to a public college right here in Pittsburgh. And in many ways, I learned a, a great cross section of things. But I will tell you that I learned absolutely nothing, John, absolutely nothing about the black experience in America. Nothing. I did not learn anything about the failure of our criminal justice system to work for black men and women, especially in America's South, but all over America. I did not learn uh, what Reconstruction was like in particular. I did not learn a lot about Jim Crow laws. I did not learn a lot about the civil rights movement. Um, it wasn't until I was about 49 years old, John, and I did a deep dive a couple summers ago, going back and reading stories, literature, memoirs about the American South that I really kind of found out what has been happening in my own country for the last, in particular, 100 years. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with our education system um, that, that those of us who live here could have gotten to this point and not realized what the black experience was like. So I'll say the education system. I'm also going to say that I think our media has failed. And I say that being a part of the media. So I'm not trying to point the finger there. I'm saying that those of us who work in media often tend to highlight catastrophic issues instead of profiling issues that are foundational. And maybe it doesn't make for sensational cable news and maybe it doesn't, you know, lead a, you know, syndicated uh, talk show nationwide, but it should. I think, I think we're making our minds slower to react and we're making our hearts duller by consistently feeding this propaganda like IV that we're on. 
And, and I think it's really hurt us. And the last thing I'll say, John, and this is the thing I've been grieving about for the last weekend in particular. I feel like personal relationships have failed us. I think that, you know, with the segregation of our neighborhoods, um, with the, the, the fact that we tend to be friends with people who are like us economically, socially, or racially, that we don't have the personal relationships that allow us to recognize humanity in each other. And, and isn't that where perhaps the cops went wrong in Minneapolis? Would they have done that to George Floyd, John, if they would have seen him, if they would have known someone like him, if they had any relationships with people that were like George Floyd, would that ever have happened? You know, because he would have been humanized and then the situation wouldn't have escalated. I just, I feel like our personal relationships have become so paltry. It's, it's not what God intended. The, the, the vibrant nature of the kingdom of God is not, not to look like this. It's not. So I feel like that's failed as well. So, uh, what's true? What's failed? Um, I think the most important thing is to be honest about both and to say as an umbrella above all of it that we have to listen. I have to listen. I'm just going to be asking a lot of questions. I'm not going to be handing out a lot of you know great bits of truth for our listening audience. I think my job, um, based on what I look like and where I grew up and who I am, is to open up my ears and shut my mouth more. I'm into that. Well, cities burn. Across this country, 30, 50, 60 cities or more saw riots in these last uh, weekend. Cities are burning. Certainly, you have people's attention when you are rioting. I think most people agree that rioting is wrong. But what's happened has certainly made people sit up straight. That's the pain of it all, right? That people die. We go about our daily lives, shrug our shoulders. It doesn't really concern me because it's those people over there in that neighborhood or those people in that city. It's not part of my life. And I'm just going to go on because, of course, like you, I've got my own load to carry. Well, the toxicity that uh, is uh, us here in the United States of America, this racism that uh, we made the deal with the devil with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago regularly, daily, comes back to haunt us. And of course, if you're a white person, you just walk through it because that's your worldview. You've been in the majority for so long and, uh, you know, okay, it just is what it is until something like this again happens. We've reached the boiling point here, a breaking point, I believe, in some way. And I don't believe that this is going to go through a news cycle or two or three And then we'll focus back on coronavirus or the next thing or whatever we're being told to to watch or sit down and listen to. We all know this is here. We all know the uncomfortability, the pain, the sorrow, the anger, the resentment, the ugliness of it all. I think we carry it all in our hearts and our minds. Most of us find it a way to just digest it easily and not let it sort of take center point in our life. We have the luxury of doing that. What is true? We're broken here in America. That's the truth. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, what do we do with that? 
how do we, as believers in Christ, lovers of something that is beyond us, the Lord of the universe who died on the cross for us and our ugliness, what do we do with that? How do we become better, truer, stronger? Throughout this week and moving forward, we're going to dig a little deeper into that question. Kath and I have made it a point over these last 11 years to visit on a regular basis. But even that's not enough. Even that discipline requires a deeper conversation. So, of course, this show, we've got a full show for you. It's always a mix. We appreciate your time here with us. So let's step away, and as we always do on a Monday, let's go to the White House and look at things from a national level, from the president's perspective. Greg Clarkston joins us from Salem Radio News, live from the White House in just a few minutes. Stick around. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan! That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is, no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our retirement income kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary, obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Excel Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. 
Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact XL Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. XL Home Care, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. XL Home Care, a help at home company. Every Monday, we start off the show by going to the White House, where Greg Clugston is with us. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, it's a little hard to keep up with the uh, the rapid pace of change happening in the nation's capital and across the country, but we always appreciate uh, your your time here with us. How are you today? Thanks, John. Hi, Kathy. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here, and you're right. These are fast-moving development days, and it seems like we went from impeachment to the coronavirus to the unrest that we're seeing all across the country. It's just been nonstop. Yeah. Now, Greg, those of us who follow the uh, president on Twitter, which is a lot of America and the world, have seen that he's quoting a lot about uh, law and order uh, in his tweets. So talk about the White House response. Is there anything new today? Well, you're right. He has been pushing for the idea of uh, governors to call up National Guard troops and to uh, call on the the Pentagon and military reinforcement if necessary as well. He had a conference call with governors earlier today, and some of the audio uh, was was obtained or leaked. uh, because when you're talking to, you know, 50 governor's offices across the country um, and various officials and state uh, officials are, are listening in, um, a lot of people are, are listening, you know, a lot of ears on the phone, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so there were opportunities to, to obtain audio of that um, of that discussion. And the, and the president, at a couple of points, was basically urging governors to dominate the protesters, to use the force necessary and to not look weak and to not look like jerks. That was the language he used. So he, he's extremely frustrated, the president is, about the police and law enforcement inability to stop the rioting and the violence and the fires and the smashed windows in downtown cities all across this country. And so he is tweeting and talking about using more force. I see. Well, uh, when you see the destruction, you can certainly understand uh, the president's despair because a large swath of American cities uh, have been on fire and damaged. Uh, I wish there was a way that, uh, you know, people would not damage so much and still be hurt at the same time. Well, and this is there's there's the line between the, uh, you know, the, the rightful and legitimate anger and grief that people have over the death of George Floyd um, in in Minneapolis, and of course that is what is kind of uh, was the trigger point here for all of this activity. Yes. But then when it bleeds into these violent, um, you know, riot scenes and really kind of a mob mentality that we've seen in the country's largest cities, uh, coast to coast here the last two, three, four nights, um, that's where um, the president and the Justice Department have said. And not just the Washington leaders, but also governors. Um, and I think the New York governor, Mar- or, uh, Andrew Cuomo, today was also saying that you have outside protesters infiltrating the peaceful demonstrators, and they're the ones that are instigating all of the violence and the looting and, and the fires and, and the unrest and the mayhem, essentially. And so, you know, there's a fear that, um, you know, groups like Antifa, that kind of a movement, or anarchists, um, you know, however loosely or well-assembled they may be, 
they're the ones that are really responsible for the violence that right. we've seen. And Greg, you know, I, I've read that um, uh, from different cities across the country as well. Of course, it happened here in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, the other night, I think it was Saturday night, 44 people were arrested here mm-hmm. in in downtown Pittsburgh. And all 44 people were either city residents or somewhere within the Western Pennsylvania area. So none of that here, although that rumor, that, that statement was also pronounced. Right. We've heard it from both state and federal officials that in some cases, not all cases, some people would come into the city centers and there's been the allegation that even people have crossed state lines in some cases to do that. Um, but certainly there are, there are people within each of these communities that are um, not only being peaceful demonstrators, but are also being these violent agitators at the same yes. time. So w- with the numbers of, of people that we have seen involved in all of these cities, all of these locations, it's really hard to get a handle on that at this point. It sure is. I mean, some people were just hell bent on destruction. Sorry, Kay. right. The um, other, the other interesting thing was the um, we're, we've been learning here in the last I don't know sixteen, eighteen, twenty hours that uh, there are various reports. I think the New York Times was the first to report it. But on Friday night, when um, there was um, violent activity outside of the White House in downtown Washington, that for an hour or so, President Trump was moved into the underground bunker at the White House as a security measure. That's uh, pretty remarkable. Pretty pretty remarkable. We don't often hear about that happening, Um, and officials don't talk on the record about those kinds of security protocols inside the White House for the president, but uh, there were now numerous reports and officials confirming that that, in fact, did take place. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, kind of seems like an odd question, but I want to, I guess I want to know if there's talk at the White House about how to be a peacemaker. Um, If there are people who are on the president's staff who are particularly trying to build bridges between different ethnic groups or different political parties or different, you know, between the the federal government and the state government. I'm just, between, as you said, the impeachment situation, the the COVID-19 disaster, and now this, it just seems like it's just division piled on division. No, you're right. And that is, that is really concerning for, I think, a lot of Americans across the country that feel, feel helpless in this moment um, for all of those reasons, Kathy. And there, yes, there has, have been discussions at the White House about what kind of response the president would make. So, uh, he's he's been tweeting um, uh, like you think you think back to last Friday and last Saturday he was really he's kind of mocking the demonstrators and the protesters and he was praising the Secret Service and the police forces and he was calling for strength and uh, he was denouncing anarchists and those kinds of things so he was he was being uh, pretty confrontational in those tweets and then at the rocket launch uh, at Cape Canaveral on Friday or on Saturday um, in his prepared remarks. He did express um, a more um, nuanced way of addressing the concern and, um, you know, addressing not only the outrage over the death that sparked this, but also um, concern about, you know, what's happening in the city streets. And so then there have been calls from various people on both sides of the political aisle for the president to make some sort of an, uh, an address, a national speech to the country, perhaps from the Oval Office. Uh, to be serving in that capacity as a healer in chief, uh, at least an effort to bring unity across the country. But that has not happened. 
And I think we saw early in the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, that, um, you know, the, the, uh, Donald Trump's ability to really express himself uh, emotionally when it comes to empathy um, is, is maybe uh, harder for him than uh, past presidents. And so yes. this is a real challenge for this president and this White House right now to know exactly yes. how best to use Donald Trump in response to what we're seeing on the streets. And Greg, that's an excellent point. So what about that? There has been talk that the president and uh, his aides are talking about a national address. Any word on that? Uh, nothing, nothing firm has been announced by the White House. Um, they've kicked around some of those ideas. Um, the, the, the last uh, time the president spoke to the country from the Oval Office, and he uh, hasn't done it much, it was just um, early in the uh, coronavirus um, situation, and it was, it was not received well, shall we say. It was, uh, uh, it, it just, there wasn't a lot of new information that was being presented in that moment, and that the president's performance in delivering those remarks was, was criticized um, by a lot of people. And so I think the White House now is trying to think, what's the best venue? But then perhaps more importantly, what is the message from the president? Uh, because sometimes the message the president delivers when giving those kinds of formal speeches versus what he is sharing on an hourly and a daily basis on Twitter, um, sometimes uh, they bump head to head a little bit. So I think it's been a challenge for this White House to uh, find that message and the medium and make it work. And Greg, you know, that's the problem with with a president that tweets as much as he does, is he dilutes his message. He just doesn't have the same type of moral authority that past presidents have had simply because of his continual communication. I, I do. Th- I mean, obviously, the, the, the White House and the press office would would disagree uh, because they would say the president is his own best spokesman. But there have been there have been moments and episodes throughout his administration where Kathy, that as you as you laid that out, that exactly has happened, where he has undercut or challenged either official White House positions or past positions of his own, uh, where, where those contradictions were, you know, in broad daylight. So there, that, that is a problem because uh, he, he likes to be on, on that social media platform so frequently. So we'll have to, we'll have to see in the next couple of days. The, the one announcement on travel that the White House announced at the briefing today um, doesn't have to do with this, the rioting, but it has to do with coronavirus. He's going to travel to a, a company in Maine, on Friday that manufactures swabs. So he'll put the emphasis on testing and coronavirus at least for a little while on Friday. We'll have to see if anything happens between now and then in terms of a presidential speech. Uh, Greg, let's uh, switch gears here in a couple of minutes you've got left with us. Uh, You were fortunate to travel with Vice President Pence on Friday to Ravi Zacharias Memorial Service. Can you give us uh, some sense of what that was like and, and what you experienced? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good trip to Atlanta, and uh, that was one of two events that the Vice President Pence was attending. Uh, Mike Pence uh, knew Ravi Zacharias personally, and so he was uh, not only delivering his eulogy in the official capacity of the Vice President of the United States, but as as a personal friend of of Zacharias, mm-hmm. and so it was uh, the the event took place, the service took place at the Passion City Church. In Atlanta, which is uh, you know a, a mega church uh, that has a lot of reach uh, with Pastor Louis Giglio and a lot of Christian music artists and uh, publishing and, and all the rest that uh, has grown out of that Passion Church movement, and uh, it was it was you know like like a lot of services you had some very 
um, heartwarming, heartfelt, and tear-jerking, um, you know, comments and tributes from family and friends. We heard from Ravi's brother and uh, Ravi Zacharias's daughter and and a young grandson also wrote um, some some remarks that he shared. And uh, what was interesting is because of social distancing, uh, there wasn't there there weren't as many people as there would normally be in that large worship space. And so uh, there were various ways to tune in uh, for a live stream of the event. So most of the people were in satellite locations or watching at home with the live stream. It was very moving. Hmm. Well, Greg, we turn to you on a weekly basis for uh, what we think is the best reporting on what's going on in Washington. And you certainly uh, fulfilled that today. And we thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, guys. Be well. A great pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News. It's a radio network, which is Word FM is part of, of course, Salem Radio Network and Greg Clugston. Find out more at wordfm.com. Take a break. Come back. Uh, We're just getting underway here. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home here on Word FM. So I don't know if you saw this, but there was just this big study about anxiety among us. Really interesting in this study about what can keep us up at night. One of the top stressors out of all the things to worry about is paying for health care. A huge majority of us say we're worried about that. It's totally understandable, but there's an affordable alternative to health insurance. It's MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and it has worked beautifully for more than 25 years. And not only do people save lots of money, they get access to a huge network of doctors. They get to take advantage of 24-7 live access online where they can talk to a doctor and even get prescriptions. And of course, there is the savings. With MediShare, the typical family saves $500 a month. That can help you sleep easier, too. There's a lot to love about it. No wonder it's grown so much. Here is the number to find out more. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-B-I-B-L-E. 844-57-BIBLE. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer and healthier And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At trinityjewelers.com. It's an unwritten rule of motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. As a mother of two, let me encourage you, mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412-833-1314. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. 
Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual. So you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers late and a low 51. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a shower or thunderstorm around into the early afternoon with a high 79. Wednesday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Breezy with a high 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. According to Ashley Murray in today's PG, about 300 Pittsburgh clergy members and others gathered today at the historic Freedom Corner in the Hill District for a prayer and protest in the wake of George Floyd's death while in police custody and then marched to the city county building in downtown, John, a crowd of roughly 300. I love this. I mean, this is where the church should be. This is exactly where the church needs to be, visible, out in front prayerfully engaging with people Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, the rancor and all the violence that has uh, preceded this. Uh, I know yesterday uh, Eastminster Presbyterian church also had a prayer service as well. It started, I think around five o'clock or so many, many hundreds of people gathered there despite social distancing, but it is really good to see people out and about and to say the name of Jesus in the midst of this turmoil. We need more of that. Today's event, meant to show solidarity against racial injustice, started at noon and included nine speakers, John, to signify the nearly nine minutes a white Minneapolis police officer had his knee on George Floyd's neck. Um, Of course, they talked about the fact that they were uh, protesting, recognizing that they were in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic as well, Mm -hmm. so they were taking their safety um, into their own hands. They were socially distant. A lot of them were wearing masks, but they thought it was important enough to risk it. That's fabulous. Okay, that's today, Freedom Corner. So we hope to have more of these events, right? The prayer events, the people are willing and able to come out and pray. So uh, let's stay on top of that, Kath. We'll take a quick break, come back. Tony Turner is with us. She is a pastor here in the city of Pittsburgh, a preacher, a teacher. As we move from our emotions, Tony says, the goal is that God, of course, is not without solutions. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. 
Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Chris Katolka here from the Friends of Israel Today radio program. And earlier this year, President Trump laid out a new Israeli-Palestinian peace plan that was different from any other Middle East peace plan offered before, leaving many people to wonder, whose land is it anyway? The Jewish people want it. The Arabs want it. Well, the booklet, Whose Land Is It Anyway? from the Friends of Israel will leave you with a clear, concise answer to who owns that land. You can get your copy today by giving a gift of any amount by going to foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. Every bride is unique, and at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress is customized to celebrate her unique body shape from size 00 to 36. High fashion, private label designs made to order, as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no pressure luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate, and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Like you, we are searching for answers, searching for truth in a very brutal time in American history. The prayer is that we look back for maybe five years, 10 years from now and go, oh, coronavirus, racial unrest, massive unemployment. God, you're with us. We know that you're always with us. You carried us through despite our, our anger, our fear, all that. So Tony Turner is with us. Tony's been a regular guest on our show for many years. Tony is, um, a Pittsburgh-based pastor, a counselor, a teacher, here today to talk to us about where we are racially in the city of Pittsburgh. Tony, welcome back, friend. Hi, it's good to be with you again. Uh, you know, bittersweet uh, just being <laughs> these days, you know, but yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, it all depends on how we look at it, but it's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Tony, you and I talked over the weekend, and you started off by saying that you recognized that you were traumatized um, by the events of the last week, and you said that probably we all are. But first, let's talk about um, how you're feeling and your uh, your take on things so far. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my tendency, because I've dealt with grief and uh, trauma for you know a lot of my life, and uh, my tendency is to you know, go ahead and, and lean into the pain of whatever it is until, you know, I can remember, you know, I, I have to make myself remember that there is a God and that uh, it, whenever there is darkness, there is also light at the end of that, or there is at least, you know, a glimmer of hope as long as I'm still breathing. So um, I look for, you know, that as well. Um, a lot, I, I recognize that sometimes, you know, we just have to be mad till we're done. We have to be sad until we're done, you know, whatever the emotion is. But uh, yeah. I also know that if I stay in my emotion too long, my tendency is not to 
float but to sink. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, I have to, uh, we all have to, you know, somehow train ourselves to say, okay, what, am, what do I do in the midst of all of this? Yes. You know, how Tony, do I see it? One of the things we love having you with us is because you're such a person of peace and a person of wisdom at the same time. Uh, you're a, a woman of color. You're an African-American woman. Um, mm-hmm. But Jesus is always, as you present to us and talk to us, Jesus is always first and foremost in your heart and on your lips. But mm-hmm. I'm sure there have been times in your life, and I, I know a small portion of your story, especially mm-hmm. before you were a believer, that you had to be outraged and offended and angry by your treatment in this world. Um, when my first uh, my first occasion of of racism or racial uh, racially motivated uh, anything was in kindergarten, and that was when uh, uh, one of the kids told me she could no longer play with me because I was black. Well, and at that time you didn't even use the word black. That was like a bad word. You know, that was like the N word these days. You know, and um, so I went home and I was very sad about that. And I had just this wise mother who sat me down, and she said, um, you know, there are people who are not going to like you. You know, there are people who are going to uh, be, you know, they're just not going to be nice. But you have to know who you are in spite of that. You know, God loves your color, I love your color, and you need to love your color as well. So that took me a long way. There are some people who haven't had that kind of input. But, yes, I went through the Black Power Movement. You know, I, I, you know, I saw a lot. But um, I have to say that if there's anything that I learned is that I – God has gifted me. I'm not saying everybody has that gift, but I know that it can be cultivated to stop and take stock of how it is I feel so that I don't panic because I've got to find a way out. I have been uh, actually, um, you know, uh, I've been in front of a rifle. I, I know what that feels like as a, as a teenager, you know, and it was frightening. It was traumatic, but God gave me supernatural wisdom. I wasn't even saved, you know, and I was able to get out of that in order to save, you know, two other kids. And um, I'm just saying, you know, things happen to all of us, and we could say, well, God could have kept that from happening, but he didn't, but it happened for a reason. It's to show us what's in us a lot of times, you know. So this particular incident, all of us, I mean, this was, this was something, you know, a lot of people say there is no racism. Well, now that this has happened in front of the world on real time, there is nobody who can, if they're in their right mind, deny that there is issue. And, uh, you know, some people can try, but we were all traumatized. It it fits the diagnostic and statistical manual uh, description of trauma to watch someone be be killed like that. And it's something that we can't unsee. It's not, it's something we can't unforget. I have a son who has been racially profiled, you know, sometimes every day of the week. You know, uh, three or four times a week, you know, they, he, he almost got used to it. I am blessed that he wasn't shot, you know, that he wasn't, um, you know, all of us, uh, people of color, you know, we're, when a policeman stops us, we don't know 
if that's a good cop or a bad cop, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's a pressure that we live with every day that people didn't understand. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's traumatizing. But now that this has happened in front of us all, I, I'm real sure, you know, because on my front wall I've got people who are saying certain things, but behind the wall on Facebook, you know, people are sincerely, you know, white people are saying, what can I do? What, what can I say? How, you know, how do I, you know, I'm so hurt for you. I'm hurt for me. I'm confused. There's all kinds of things on the back wall where people want to know, what can I do to help? How can I help make change? You know, what can I say? You know, and sometimes we don't know what to say. You know, so sometimes you just, that's what you have to say. I don't know what to say, you know, but we also have to be prepared that because we've been traumatized, because we've been hurt, there are some people that are going to come back in a way that's going to be off-putting. And we have to be ready to understand that that's because they've been hurt. And there may be a way that you can still say, you know, I'm just so sorry you know, that this happened, it then there may not. But I'm so sorry, and what can I do? How can I pray for you? You know, um, but we have to search our hearts, and we have to ask the Lord, you know, what what do I do? I'm a person that believes in solutions. Uh, you know, I can't just say, well, this happened, and keep saying that it happened. Well, yeah, it happened, but now I have to say to the Lord, what is my part? in making change here because it's happened long enough. I have a feeling that now, because everybody has seen it, you must be telling us something. I want to hear it. And so the Lord does. Tony Turner's with us. She is a, a, a Western Pennsylvania pastor. She is a, a counselor as well. So, Tony, uh, of course, we follow you along on Facebook. Uh, you've got a, a group called Gracism, which is a play in the word of racism. But um, talk about what you're posting, dad, what thoughts you're giving out to your community and how those are being received. Uh, sometimes, you know, they're received, you know, in agreement and sometimes they're not. But the reason why I put the thoughts out there is so that we can think, you know, we can think about how this is really affecting us, how we really feel. And because on the Gracism Task Force, uh, the people that are invited there are, that call themselves Christians, you know, and I have invited them on that basis. Um, But... uh, uh, sometimes there is a disagreement, you know, because that's probably one of the best places for there to be misunderstanding on social media. Yes. And, so and so for you, what, I'm sorry, Tony. So then for you, I mean, it's a, it's an absurd question, but I have to ask it. Mm-hmm. Is there a solution? Well, I think that because it's a multifaceted problem, it takes multifaceted solutions. It, there are different things, you know, uh, for example, you know, I, I wrote to uh, the president, okay, because there's a place uh, on the Internet where you can send them an email. And I think that uh, if a lot of us would do that, you know, pretty soon, you know, I don't know if he'll ever read it because I'm not that important, you know, but pretty soon somebody could start to say, well, wait a minute, we keep getting, you know, uh, emails about this particular subject, and maybe we need to pay attention, you know, to what's being said. But what I made a suggestion that there be some kind of national standard that is developed 
uh, for police conduct across the nation. Mm-hmm. That uh, there would be, you know, say a mental health, uh, a few mental health people, some uh, legal people, some police officers, some plain ordinary community people who have seen, you know, abuses, uh, that there would be uh, a, a standard um, evaluation, you know, to see if there's a, a racism issue before somebody enters into that, that profession. And if there is, uh, that they maybe they need to choose another profession or maybe there's a rehabilitation process that can be, you know, uh, can, you know, be a certification, so to speak, but a, a process that says, you know, I've gotten, I've made a change. I've had a change of thought or whatever. But Tony, I'm sorry, also, we're out of time. Um, but we so look forward sorry. to being in touch with you over the next weeks and mm-hmm. I'll be in touch with you offline um, as we talk more. But we want to thank you so much for being consistent with us, for uh, maintaining a, a relationship with us over so long and for being willing to be on today. Okay. All right. You all have a good day. Good thoughts, Tony. It's Tony, Tony Turner. Turner. She's a pastor. She's a counselor. She's here locally. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We're just getting underway with uh, uh, the Ride Home, the Monday edition here on Word FM. Your teeth can't remote into the office or remain socially distant, and dental emergencies won't wait to flatten the curve. The good news? While Stock Family Dentistry remains closed for routine care, they are open for emergencies, going above and beyond the norm to provide a safe, sanitary environment, pre-screening, and seeing only one patient in the office at a time. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today. 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at marleyfg.com. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade, EPA-registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. 
Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950, Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company. The uh, graduation, um, well, maybe not really a graduation party, but a, a graduation gathering over the weekend, mm-hmm. Kath, at your yeah. house. Yeah, John, it was exciting to have John at my home. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your lovely daughter uh, graduated from uh, North She graduated high. from high school on Saturday. Excellent. Congratulations. In a socially distant ceremony. Yeah, that was weird. Huh? Was it weird? It was super weird. I, I I felt that they did an excellent job pulling it off because I know a lot of co- high school students and college students haven't had a chance to graduate. So I really appreciate the fact nice. that they had the ceremony, but it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was happy because when I was at your house, of course, your daughter was there yeah. and her friends were there and they were all in their traditional caps and gowns, which yes. looked great. And I could see that they were happy because they had a little slice of normalcy. Yes. And they really wanted to keep those gowns on for the day because yeah, they were they, so excited that they were they graduated because for so many months they figured that it was never going to happen that's really cool that they were going to not have the chance for the ceremony they weren't going to have the chance for any of that and so they were like we are wearing the gown today (laughs) that's good well check this out uh bakery owner bill hannish this is from the washington post heard that traditional high school graduation ceremony is going to be canceled he made a free personalized cake for each of the 220 graduating seniors at his alma mater, Red Wing High School in Red Wing, Minnesota. Now, it got out on social media, and he started to get deluged with orders. Now he he has more than 800 orders to fill. Uh, He said uh, he's afraid to open up his email because it it looks like there may be a 1,000 or more that are backlogged. He's going to have to make a thousand cakes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One cake for every graduating senior in a dozen small towns up along the Mississippi River in Minnesota and Wisconsin. He said it's a crazy idea. It's really taken off. We're all loving it. Uh, He said he he, uh, has received donations totaling $10,000 so that all the cakes go to the graduates for free. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. Seriously, though, but isn't that one of those things that you can imagine him thinking, I have a great idea. I really want to help some people out. And yeah. then you see how many people and you think, now what am I going to do? You can't make a <laughs> thousand he's gonna cakes. He's going to bake a lot of cakes is what he's going to do. Good the for heck, him. Huh? Wow, yeah. that is awesome. I mean, just a little bit of normalcy in the you midst of all the something. weirdness. You just want something. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Listen, I got to tell you how great the teachers were. My uh, Both of my daughters graduated from North Hills High School, and I have to give every shout out, every laudatory comment I can to the teachers because they have tried so hard, John, to make it special for the students, to let them know how sorry they are, to let them know how much they appreciate them. I mean, half of the, half of the teachers were at graduation and the other half were up at the school lining the street when the students went to pick up their cap and gown last week. So every teacher took their own time to come out and just fuss all over the kids and just Fabulous. tell them how much they appreciated them, how grateful they were. I was just really, yeah. I just, I don't know. As a parent, I just want to say thank you. And good for the whole community because I'm yep. sure the teachers miss the kids as well, right? Yeah. And so for everybody, it's at least in this weird blip, a good way to end the uh, 
and the uh, senior year for a lot of kids. Yeah. yeah. We'll take a break for the uh, top of the hour. Uh, David French is going to join us. We're also going to continue to talk about what's happening in America right now with uh, racial upheaval and how we can be part of this in a truthful, powerful way. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The family of George Floyd says an independent autopsy has found that he died of asphyxiation from sustained pressure on his back and neck. Floyd, a black man who was in handcuffs at the time, died a week ago after a white Minnesota officer held his knee on Floyd's neck for several minutes. The officer ignored bystander shouts to get off of him and Floyd's cries that he couldn't breathe. The family's autopsy differs from the official autopsy as described in a criminal complaint that ruled out asphyxiation or strangulation. A California biotech company says its experimental drug remdesivir improved symptoms when given for five days to moderately ill patients with COVID-19. Gilead Sciences say full results will be published soon in a medical journal. The Dow today finished 91 points higher. This is SRN News. I did this weird thing as a kid. I would fall asleep with my blanket completely over my head, with only my mouth and nose poking out the side. I guess I liked the protection that the blanket offered, while still being a fan of breathing. I think a lot of us are feeling that way today, juggling how to handle the protection that our homes give us with the desire to get out and breathe a little bit. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we don't have the end answer on how to best handle our current world, but we are pretty good at mortgages. If you're thinking of getting out and making that new home purchase you've been dreaming about, our company's direct lender advantage can often get you a lower rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Or, if you decide to hunker down at home a bit longer and want to use that time and some of your home equity to do some sweet home upgrades, our direct lender advantages may help with that too. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. A partner you can trust in times of need. Featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit Greater PGH Plumbing or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. Thrift with a purpose at the grand reopening of City Mission Thrift Stores, going on now. 
City Mission has been preparing stores with safety measures and disinfecting to protect shoppers and employees. Find lots of great items at the best deals while supporting City Mission programs for men, women, children, and veterans. All seven City Mission thrift stores have modified reopening hours Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, with a special Senior Citizen Shopping Hour, 9 to 10 a.m. For the store near you, visit citymission.org slash shop. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers late and a low 51. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a shower or thunderstorm around into the early afternoon with a high 79. Wednesday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Breezy with a high 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Monday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We are streaming live on Facebook. You want to check us out there. But, of course, we're always home here on Word FM. Kath, good to see you. Happy Monday to you. Thank you, John. A uh, a somber, uh, thought-provoking, I don't know, soul-searching weekend for me. I'm sure it was mm-hmm. the same for you. It surely was. It was a week of brutality. You know, uh, we are not strangers to this, although the scope and the intensity of the riots, I think, took everybody by surprise. Uh, um, at least 30, maybe 40, 50 cities or more, there were portions of the downtown area uh, that were burnt down. The uh, Here in the city of Pittsburgh, of course, it happened on Saturday. The good news is uh, that our friend Brian O'Neill, who has uh, for many decades been a columnist for the Post-Gazette, wrote a really moving uh, portrait of what happened to him on Saturday, Sunday morning when he went out to get his newspaper. He looked across and saw his neighbor, who's an African-American man, and he lives on the north side. He waved and he said to his neighbor, what's, what's up with you? And the neighbor said, I'm headed downtown to help the volunteers to clean up. So Brian O'Neill said, well, I'll do the same thing. By the time they got down there, a little after 10 o'clock, the entire job had already been done. Is that right? That's right. City workers wow. and a small army of volunteers cleaned the streets of all the wreckage and debris that had happened just a few hours earlier in downtown Pittsburgh. So wow. people love this city yeah. and are working together to ensure that the city of Pittsburgh is still the city of Pittsburgh. So there is good uh, amidst the bad. Um I don't know, with all the assertions that people were making over the weekend, that the people who were uh, making all the trouble, who turned a two and a half hour peaceful protest on Saturday into a, uh, a, I would say, a half-baked riot, um, were from out of town. It, it, I don't think that that was the actual facts. At least no. the people who were arrested were people who were all local, John. That's right. 44 people were arrested. And of course, uh, public safety by law, they must um, uh, make the location of those who were arrested, uh, their locales known to the, mm-hmm. uh, the general public. All 44 people were either city of Pittsburgh residents or lived within an hour or so of the city of Pittsburgh. So uh, at least not here locally, not to say that across the country in Washington, D.C. or Minneapolis itself, people came in. That may be a possibility, but uh, that was a falsehood. Yeah, and I think it's a I think it's an important distinction to make, because first of all, all information is important to get, right? The truth is what we're after. Yeah. Um, but I think it was easy for those of us in Pittsburgh to think on Sunday morning, well, you know, 
protesters are coming in from other cities and they're coming to make trouble in Pittsburgh. Pittsburghers would never do stuff like that. Well, I think that's part of how we've gotten to where we are is we tend to think that the evil is over there. Mm -hmm. It's out there. It's in those people. It's not in us. And that is a lie. The, the, the evil, the racism, the, the fall from grace has happened inside all of us. And so truth. we need to look inside us. We need to look inside our own neighborhoods. We need to look inside our own city and say, God, help us. What do we need to do? What could repentance look like for us to change the fabric of our town? Amen to that. That is the truth, right? That we all carry yep. this seed of ugliness in us. In us. Some of us amplify it more than others, but it is all deep in us. We all share in that same original sin. That is the truth. Also, the truth is that uh, the police officer who has now been fired and is facing criminal charges, Derek Shawan, killed George Floyd. That's irrefutable. It is. That is the truth. There's also a truth that people need to protest. Right, People's voices need to be heard, especially if you're an African-American and you have suffered along with the in- indignation of what it is to be black in this country. People need to hear that, right? There is the truth to that. That is the truth. There's also truth in that as you protest, you should not cause property, property damage. But that's just how it is. I would imagine this. The truth is that you can only take things for so long where you yeah. feel put upon. And then in a burst of violence, all of us, I think, have done this. Whether you've punched a wall or slapped something or thrown your phone or whatnot, you just explode. So you see yourself in that. Just imagine yourself as part of a, a racial minority that would do the same thing. And you see that destruction. Right. Having said that, it is true that the rioting serves no purpose other than for destruction. And for those who are looting, the truth is that's idiocy and that's foolish and wrong. That's greed. And those rioters and looters, they care not a whit for George Floyd. It's an opportunist opportunity, right? I'm going to grab a pair of Vans or I'm going to grab a Gucci handbag or a cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. That's ridiculous, right? Speak the truth, stand up for your convictions, but don't destroy property and act like you're some big hero. Because you're not, you're the fool. Right. So those are things that are true. I was thinking about things that have failed this morning, John, just trying to get at from my perspective. I mean, I think we can say, you know, that another issue that we've had is us fooling ourselves and thinking that we understand the struggle or the life or the perspective of someone who wears a different skin than we do or is in a different economic bracket. And the truth is, is that we don't know that. So I'm not going to speak to the black experience in any way, shape, no way. or form because no it would way. only, it would only be it would only be insulting. I can say though, from a white perspective, I feel like there have been a couple remarkable failures that have led us to where we are, and I only bring these up in the hope that maybe they can spur us on to a period of greater grace and understanding in the future. Okay, so first, John, I feel like church cultures failed us. I feel like, you know, with the segregation of Sunday morning with black churches and white churches and different music and different styles and different this and different that, I know we're all different, but and I know we want, we tend to hang out with people that are like us, but that has to grieve the heart of God, John. It has to. I just, I know there are some churches in the Pittsburgh area that have made it as a goal that they have, that they're going to be, have an integrated body of believers. And listen, if you're at one of those churches or you're in leadership there, 
you know, more Amen. power to you. God bless you. But I think we recognize that the majority of churches across the nation are not that way. That's true. Um, that's the first thing. I really feel like we failed in church culture. Um, the second thing I would say is I feel like as a white woman who's 50 years old, that the education system that I had that w- in many ways was excellent. I went to public school all through elementary school, junior high school, college. Um, I appreciated the many excellent teachers I had and the wonderful stuff I learned. But John, there was so little attention, and I mean little to zero attention given to helping us to understand the black experience in America. I mean, nothing. You know, I I learned what Reconstruction was. I learned what Jim Crow laws were. But there was nothing helping me to understand what it was like to be black in Georgia or Mississippi or Alabama or Louisiana in 1930 or 1950 or 1980 or 1990. I mean, it wasn't until I was, what well, was just a couple of years ago that I decided to start reading about it myself, John. We ha- it's just, it's a total failure of the education system for white America that we don't have any way of understanding this and realizing that there has to be a priority, right? That this is in- included in the education system. You mentioned in the four o'clock hour, this is our original sin in America. So the fact that we are not talking about it is just going to lead to, you know, unbelievable amounts of mistrust and, and misunderstanding and everything else. Um, the last thing I think I would say is I think we've had a failure of personal relationship. I, you know, I, I watched that video of George Floyd being killed. I don't know, three times, four times mm-hmm. from beginning to end. And as I was thinking about it yesterday morning, I was laying in bed and I thought, The only way that happens, the only way that happens is that that police officer didn't know anybody like George Floyd who looked like him or talked like him or acted like him or had a background like him. Because if the cop would have had that personal relationship, then George Floyd would have been a human to him instead of just some kind of suspect that had to be apprehended and eliminated. They're just there. If, if we don't reach out to people who are different than us, if we don't have any communication with someone who has a different skin color, then we are always going to be at the precipice. John, I believe this. We're going to be at the precipice of disaster yeah. because there's going to be a misunderstanding that's going to escalate into a shouting match. That's going to escalate into a greater misunderstanding. That's going to escalate into something violent. You know, if, and it's not good enough to be, you know, putting out our missives on social media and acting like, especially as white people, that we're we're putting out our righteous posts so that everybody knows that we're woke enough. I mean, that's right, not right. enough. That's no, not, not relationship. And with that, too, to, right? It's just it's not. I mean, I appreciate social media posts. I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm also not saying they're good. No, of course I'm not. saying that that an actual phone call, an actual private message to someone who's of a different color than you. A, a pursuance of, of a relationship. That's what we need. I really believe that's what will change a heightened, uh, emotional, uh, potentially violent moment like that, that can be de-escalated. I'm into that. And, and at the same time, I don't want to leave a bad taste in, in anyone's mouth here to call out all police officers. No, I agree. Because like any organization, any organization, whether it's, you know, the American Society of Accountants or, you know, the uh, bricklayers of America, there's always good people yep. who are part of it. There's always rotten people that are part yes. of it. That is just human human nature. 
Now, the, the tragedy is, of course, that uh, to be a police officer, you must encounter all manner of people at their very I know, worst, I know. at their very worst moments. You see the horror, the terror, the anger, the violence, the resentment, all that ugliness. And as a police officer, for you to be part of that every day, that has got to crush your soul. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I can't imagine who you are, that that's your call. God bless you for anyone who's on the front lines of law enforcement in America today. What a difficult, brutal job that must be. Brutal job. So not to make excuse for a bad cop. Clearly, that was murder. But how do you find your way out of that? How do you say, Kath, as you yeah. identify that, to see that person, that black person, as a human being, not just some rabble rouser or some drunk guy right. who's, you know, trying to pass a counterfeit bill, which was the crux of the whole matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine a person's life was lost and then untold, what, violence, rioting over a $20 counterfeit bill? And I'm sure... If George Floyd would be alive today, he would say, yeah, that, that certainly wasn't worth it. I lost my life over right. that. Right. But here's the ridiculous. thing. As in any instance like that, John, it wasn't about the counterfeit bill. The counterfeit bill was the straw that broke the camel's back. But what it has revealed to us is that we have a broken system and we have broken relationships among people. It was never about the bill. Yeah. I'll take that. What is true? What is wrong? Let's take a quick break, Kath. Uh, in just a few minutes, Marilyn McIntyre is with us. We're going to talk about the, the epidemic of violence and what does peacemaking require of me and you, of all of us. Peacemaking ahead. That's here on Word FM. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. No one can boast. No one can say, I have scored enough points in my life by doing the right deeds and being the right person and doing the right things that I can have a relationship with God. It's all by grace. Hello, this is Ron Moore, pastor of the Bible Chapel here in Pittsburgh. I invite you to join us on the journey each morning at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. If you have a child, no matter what the age, unless you've homeschooled in the past, chances are your child right now is involved in some form of online learning. Well, here's the deal. Successful learning takes more than two computers. Both of Kath and I's kids go to Grove City College, and so we see firsthand the nature of what quality online education is. In these strange times, not the best way to go about learning, but making the best of an odd situation, that's Grove City College. Kath? I think one of the things that I've been so impressed by and thankful for, John, is the fact that the personalized approach and the personal relationships were already in place before all of this hit. So it wasn't like the professors had to you know, figure out who the students were and, boy, I got to make sure that I can come up with some kind of like interpersonal approach to them. No, that was already happening. And so when that's, you know, when they have history in that regard and then something like this emergency hits and they have to move move to a different mode. It's awkward. It's weird. It takes a lot of adjustment, but really the relationship is already present. One day soon, hopefully this will all be over and kids will be back in school. 
we would encourage you to check out online Grove City College, its beautiful campus, but even more so, a Christ-centered education from men and women who love to teach, love to learn. Look online, grovecitycollegegcc.edu. Hi, I'm Steve Schwetz, host of Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. How are you doing with all this upheaval to your comfortable routine? Are you feeling a little anxious? Are you concerned for those you love? Well, don't think for a moment that God isn't fully present and fully in control. In fact, His glory is best seen against a backdrop of uncertainty and fear. We see that when we study God's Word. So join us on the Bible Bus on this station and build your confidence in Jesus Christ. You'll be so glad you did. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At trinityjewelers.com. McIntyre is with us. She's an award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, which was the winner of a Christianity Today 2015 Book Award in Spirituality, and her latest book, which is Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, welcome back. Hi, it's good to be back. Always good, Marilyn. So, Marilyn, obviously, uh, you've been thinking a lot uh, as you've written uh, your work, your newest book. But what is it, when you, when you consider what it is to be a peacemaker in your own life, what do you call upon? Well, there are so many ways to answer that question. I think one of the things is, what, what does it say in Scripture about peacemaking? What does blessed are the peacemakers actually mean? And I think there's some really wonderful sermons and commentators who have penetrated that beatitude in ways that are can be really surprising. I mean, and I, I know that my uh, brother and others that I know are, attend Quaker meetings, and the Quakers have a long tradition of very vigorous peacemaking. So I've always liked that um, the term wage peace, mm-hmm. because it's really not passivity. It's something you wage the way people wage war. You really have to be active and inventive and intentional about making peace. Interesting, Marilyn. I remember being in college and doing a uh, Bible study on the Sermon on the Mount. There's a wonderful study that was written by John Stott. And um, I had not thought until I did that Bible study about blessed are the peacemakers exactly what that would mean. And he made it clear in that study, and I've thought about it uh, uh, 10,000 times since, that being a peacemaker is hard work. And it's not swallowing it. And it's not pretending like it doesn't exist. Being a peacemaker is actually often bringing up the hard thing and having the hard conversation. And that's a way different thing than what we tend to think. That's right. I really think there's an important distinction between making peace and avoiding conflict. Because Mm -hmm. people who are conflict averse tend to just hide from the strenuous situations that require thoughtful, prayerful intervention. Mm -hmm. Right. So in this midst, uh, Marilyn, you know, we do this cycle as Americans where there is a murder of a black man and for a day or two or in this instance, maybe a week or so, we are up in arms and uh, 
especially when the Christian community, people who are well-meaning and who love peace, will vow to make changes first for themselves personally and to reach across and uh, find their neighbor. But then the time passes, and then we're back right. at it again where months or maybe another six months go by and another man is on the streets, and we see this, and we vow to make changes. But we rarely do. That's right. And that it's one of the reasons I think I have been so interested in the notion that violence is epidemic, and it's certainly a metaphor for our time. Um, there have been some very interesting articles written about that by people in at least two major medical centers in San Francisco and Chicago who have decided that to treat violence as a social illness comes up with some really new ways to look at it. But I think that on the level you are asking the question, one of the things to say is that I think when we examine our own consciences, it's really easy to fall into individualism of the kind that just says, what have I done? Instead of what have I participated in sometimes Mm. unconsciously? Mm -hmm. And how am I supporting violence or, or um, criminal negligence of the poor? For instance, how is violence systemic and how do I buy into those systems? And that's a huge question that all of us need to be asking. Now, that's really interesting, Marilyn. I appreciate that perspective because oftentimes, and I even saw this play out on social media over the weekend, um, though not in large part, but I did see it twice. Um, uh, White people saying, well, you know, look, I didn't own slaves. You know, I didn't have anything to do with that. So, you know, all of this, you know, burgeoning tension, you know, I didn't have anything to do with. It's nothing that I did. And you're saying that actually shouldn't be the question you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the question should be, what have I unconsciously participated in? Right. What am I supporting with my votes and my dollars and my uh, the things that I've normalized in conversation? And I think that a lot of us who are white have unconsciously normalized the fact that we have a lot of privileges that if you're black in America, you probably don't have. For instance, the privilege of feeling safe when you go outside. Right now, if you're the mother of a black boy, and I've talked to women about this, you feel terrified when that kid goes out on the street at night, even if it's just to go down and get a hamburger, because you know that it's much easier to be targeted if you're black. So it's that kind of thing. And I, and I think about, you know, the tolerance of, of abuse of children or domestic abuse where people turn away because it's not their business. There are all kinds of ways in which I think we, it's just way too easy to say, well, I didn't do that, so it's not my business. Right. And so then- I think there's a lot in the gospel that says we need to be minding each other's business. Hmm. Right. As painful as that is. Mm-hmm. But Marilyn, I, th- I think people would say, well, wait a second. I-, I didn't know that. I've not lived that. How can I be aware of that? Because that's not the experience that I have growing up, or I'm just not aware of it because that's not me. That's not the life that I live. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the things we see in the Gospels is Jesus challenging people to reach beyond their own social anyway, to, you know, challenge the Pharisees to turn and really look at the poor or to accept his disciples who are fishermen, you know, kind of lower-class laboring people. 
and to hear them speak. So I think that there's a lot in Scripture that says, get out of your bubble. If you want to be the people of God, you have to pay attention to the circumstances under which other people live. And in the Old Testament, you know, when they make provision for poor people to glean from the fields or for a jubilee year every seven years so that the debts of the poor can be forgiven, there are all these kind of social provisions in Scripture that say, the poor you have always with you. Of course you take care of the poor. And I think the poor is a word that includes all kinds of people who who suffer the effect of what I think of as violent social systems that oppress them and hurt them. Mm-hmm. Ellen McIntyre like with, is with us. Marilyn is a writer of, uh, of, of great import. Uh, her latest book is called Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. Marilyn, um, uh, when I was a, a boy, I went to a, a, a Catholic grade school, and uh, this was late 60s. And so, of course, coming out uh, to teach were these young nuns who were instilled with, um, uh, God bless them, a, a 60s social consciousness that, the, that their uh, forebears didn't have. And I remember being in seventh grade, and a brand-new nun came into our class at the beginning of the year, and she started to read a, a book which has stayed with me forever. The book is called Black Like Me. And uh, the book written by a man by the name of uh, John Howard Griffith, who, and I can't even imagine this is true, that someone would even do such a thing. Do you know this book, Marilyn? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I read it many years ago. Yeah. Uh, So the, the man took some sort of injections to turn his pigmentation from a white man to a black man. And he went into the Deep South and and tried to see what it was like to live as a black man. Um, it, it was shocking then, and you know, decades after the fact, when I think about it, shocking now because we often talk about walking in someone else's shoes, and if we could experience right. what that would be like. So, right. how can that be? How can we embrace what it is, other than asking our black friends if we have any? what it's like to be black in America. Well, I think one thing is to make some black friends. Like I have been so hospitably received when I've visited black churches as a white person. It's just amazing. I have never had an experience of not being welcomed, even though a lot of black people have cause to resent the treatment they've systematically suffered from white people. But another is imagination. You know, some, I'm a, I read recently about a woman who went into a room full of white people as a speaker, and she said, I would like anyone to stand up who would be willing to live for a year under exactly the same conditions you would live in if you were black. And nobody stood up. And she said, now, let me rephrase that. You know, she asked the question again, how many would be willing to live under the same terms as people who are black? And nobody stood up and she said, so you know what it's like. You know that being white mm. is easy than being black in this culture. So I think that to, to broaden our understanding of violence to include um, chronic negligence of people's needs to the point where they are, so many people in this country now are desperately poor. And as I understand it, the billionaire class has made over $60 billion dollars more than that, actually, since the beginning of the pandemic. So there's something wrong with a system that polarizes to that degree. So all this sounds like sort of 
economics and government 101, but I don't think we can separate these big social questions from our own consciences about how we situate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really been helpful. That's Dr. Marilyn McIntyre, award-winning author of books on language and faith, including her latest book, Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. Marilyn, we always appreciate your contributions to the show, especially today. Thank, Thank you. you, Marilyn. Thank you. Bye. Take a break. We've got more ahead on the ride home here with John and Kathy. David French will join us in just a few minutes, but um, maybe we'll strike a little bit of a lighter tone when we come up next. Stay with us. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. I love golf. And I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers late and a low 51. 
tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a shower or thunderstorm around into the early afternoon with a high 79. Wednesday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Breezy with a high 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. been talking about the unrest across America for uh, all of today's show. And we're going to take a little break over these next couple minutes, very short minutes, because I need to tell you that Necco wafers are coming back. Yeah. I didn't know they were gone. I did not know they were gone. They've been gone for two years. What? Really? They've been unavailable for two years. Are you a fan of Necco wafers? I think they're weird. But do you like them? I don't know. I feel like they're chalky and odd and the licorice ones make my tongue feel strange. No, I'm pro. I'm pro Necco wafers. Okay. I love them a lot. Yeah. All right. Happy well, to anyway, have them. Well, well, since you didn't know they were gone, it's not a great victory for you that they're back. Here's the problem. I mean, it's not like in the old days when you like would go to a candy store, right? Remember candy stores? Uh, I mean, I know Clavens on Penn Avenue in the Strip. Okay. That's a candy store. Yeah. Where you would go to, there'd be like, you know, or even if you went to just a regular store, they always had a candy section. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, you'd kind of go, oh, I want this. I want that. I, I don't mm-hmm. want that. You know? So I guess I, you know, if I was a kid, I would have, and they would have had the old candy store. I would have known the what Necco wafers are gone. Is this your way of, of justification? It is. Yeah. Is this it is. All right. Well, listen. Um, around my ignorance. Uh, the Spangler Candy Company. Spangler. which owns the iconic brand, uh, says that major drugstores will have them in June. Other stores will have them in July. Wait, major drugstores? Mm-hmm. So CVS, I'm going to go to CVS. Right aid. If it's open. Walgreens, right. Mm-hmm. The eight all-time favorite flavors and colors are returning, including, the, would you like to know what they are? I would, yeah, please do, because they uh, are weird. The yellow, which is lemon. Okay. The green, which is lime. Mm-hmm. The orange, which is appropriately orange. The light purple, which is clove. See, that was that was mm-hmm. the one that would throw you. Mm-hmm. You'd bite you'd bite into that and you'd think, what is this is this is not grape. Mm-hmm. Like what other what could this be? Anyway, clove and brown is chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we also have pink, which is wintergreen, white, which is cinnamon, and of course the dark gray thing I I referenced earlier, licorice. Very nice. Seven okay, so- of the eight flavors were designed to identically match the originals. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And when, is, when, when will they come back on the store uh, June shelf? June and July. June and July. And now, you'll, again, be ha- you'll be happy to know. Sorry to interrupt you, John, but I good. feel like this is an important conclusion I need yeah. to put on this. Uh, True Necco wafers connoisseurs may detect a richer cocoa flavor in the chocolate wafers due to a minor improvement made in the cooking process. Nice. La-dee-da. Okay. All right. Again, uh, let me just cite my... Um, my lineage as a Catholic schoolboy, when we were learning oh how to gosh. take first Holy Communion, mm-hmm. the nun, Sister Mary Ernest, I can view her in my own mind's eye like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. out of her black habit in a pocket hidden somewhere deep in the folds of that habit, she pulled out a roll of Necco wafers and all the school children were amazed and delighted that we would practice First Holy Communion, and everyone got their own Necco wafer. Oh, yes. That is, I don't, I've never known. I've heard this story multiple times, but I've never known how to react to it. Oh, I just love it so much. Thank you, Sister Mary Ernest. Your now, let, me, let me say, um, I thought I had already concluded, but there's another thing. This oh. is an addendum. <laughs> okay, part two. This is an addendum. 
NECA wafers were created in what year? They were created in 1921. Wrong. Oh. 1847. 1847. 1847. Holy smokes. Yes, by Why are they called NECA? Mm, I don't believe I That's have any I information on that. Where are, what's the Neko in the Neko wafers? No, right? I don't have another addendum. All right, heck. I believe right. I'm finished now. If anybody has that, please chime in on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. What's the Neko in the Neko wafers? All right. Okay, take a break. What do you say? All right. Yes, I think we should. David, David French, French is with us next. in a few minutes. The center is not holding. Can you, can you keep your head when all about you are losing theirs? That's next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 WORD. WORD. Wedding bells are ringing on Adventures in Odyssey. Jason Whittaker returns from a long vacation to find that a little-known woman named Margaret has developed a friendly relationship with Wet. But other matrimonious possibilities exist, too. Whose wedding bells are these, anyway? See if you can figure it out on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. The This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit ServiceMasterGreaterPGH.com to download yours today. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. 
For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. David French is with us. David is the senior editor at The Dispatch. He's also an attorney, and uh, he's a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom, a New York Times bestseller, and here today to talk to us about a piece that he wrote at The Dispatch called The Center is Not Holding. David, welcome back, friend. Well, thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always good. David, I read about, I think, 200 articles this weekend, you know, just trying to get my head around what was happening and get as many perspectives as I could. And I would rank uh, this article as at the very top. You did such a terrific job with it. I want to tell you how personally grateful I am for how you framed this. Um, And let's start where you started at the beginning of your article. You said you were listening to the New York Times podcast called The Argument when one of the co-hosts, Michelle Goldberg, said something that put the first five months of this year into stark perspective. She said that this year, 2020 started out like 1974 with an impeachment crisis, quickly became 1918, a pandemic, turned into 1929, an economic crash, and is now 1968, massive urban unrest. That's a lot of movement in less than 12 months. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and it, it has been, I think, for so many of us, just uh, even even those who have been blessed to weather it without losing a job, without getting sick, or without without having their business destroyed or burned, it's been exhausting. And then think of how many Americans have gotten sick, who have lost a job, who, you know, in the last four days have seen the business their businesses burn. Uh, it's just uh, an un, it's an unbelievably traumatic time for our country. And so, David, there was a time in American politics that a lot of right-thinking people, my father used to say this, he would say, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, I'll vote for the right person for the job. So I guess I would call my father a centrist or a moderate in today's verbiage, but that center has certainly shrunk over the intervening years, has it not? Yeah, you know, I, I, I refer to a poem by W.B. Yeats that is called The Second Coming, and in t- the key part of it says, things fall apart, the center cannot hold, mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. It says, the blood-dimmed tide, tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. And that just seems to sum up our times. And, and what I wrote is this concept of the center. It's not really talking so much, and I don't interpret this as people who would be politically moderate, you know, I, that, that sort of the classic, uh, what I'm, uh, you know, I don't have strongly held ideological beliefs. Instead, I interpret it as the people who have a moral and who have a moral center, a moral core. So it's, it's the people who essentially say, um, it's the, it's the center of moral and cultural gravity in a country. And what happens, that doesn't mean that you don't have, strong ideological views, but what it does mean, per your example, is you avoid the partisan mind where everything is filtered through tribalism, where everything is filtered through, does my team win or does your team win? And that's what I think is meant by the center doesn't hold. There isn't, you know, and I I talked about how if you read, if you look at my Twitter feed, I follow people about equally on the left and on the right, and and you'll see on the left, you know, people will say, well, you know, yes, sir, rioting is wrong, but police brutality is the real crisis. And then on the right, you'll have people say, well, you know, of course, George Floyd's death was wrong and the cops should 
be brought to justice, but rioting is tyranny and the real crisis. And so they actually, while sort of nodding at the one injustice, they emphasize the other, emphasize the other. And, and part of my question is who's here to say, look, I condemn it wholeheartedly, all of that violence, all of that brutality. And, and in that circumstance, that those people I think are the center and they can come from the left or they can come from the right. Um, you know, I quoted a tweet from my friend Dan Darling, who's former of the Southern Baptist Convention, yes. uh, now as a national religious broadcaster, and he wrote this, and this is a voice you just don't hear that much, which is, you can simultaneously grieve the unjust killing of George Floyd, persistent systemic racism, minority businesses and neighborhoods in Minnesota destroyed, and assaults on CNN and it, as a symbol of the free press. And you can be deeply grieved by all of it and seek to correct all of it. And that's, that's what I meant by the center holding. And, and that's, that's the voice that I think is lacking all too often. Yeah. We're talking to David French. He's the senior editor at the dispatch. Uh, David, earlier in our um, show, we had a a weigh in online from a listener who said, look, you know, I I saw the George Floyd video and of course that was wrong. And we all thought it was wrong until the looting started. Now we're not on your side anymore is basically (laughs) what was said. And I thought, well, you know, that really feeds in perfectly to what you're talking about because where we are in culture is this constant state of moral indignation that something yes. that we might be with you for a little while until you do one thing and you know what we're not with you anymore because we're too mad you've lost me yep yep you lost me exactly and 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 the thing is and again you know we keep looking at this through a partisan lens so you know we we're looking for we're looking for the voices that we already agree with to tell us what to think all too often and what we have to do to get through this and to really um and to really begin to grapple with this in all of its complexity is we need to look for voices in unlikely places. And in my piece, I, I talk about uh, a rapper who goes by the stage name Killer Mike. I mean, who would have thought that a guy named Killer Mike uh, would be a voice of, of reason? But when Atlanta began, began to burn, he got up there and he absolutely decried police brutality. I mean, he says, here we are 80 years later after the, you know, the integration of the Atlanta police force, and he watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And he talks about how it t- tore everyone's heart out. Uh, but then he goes on and he says, I'm duty bound to be here simply to mm-hmm. say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. And so he was great emotion. He decried police brutality and with great emotion. He decried the riot. And this is from a guy named Killer Mike. <laughs> and so, you know, we have to we have to look for those voices where we can find them and then elevate them without hesitation when we do. Yes. yes. And, and so, then, David, and- in your. I'm sorry. So let me just uh, hit on this, though, before we move. David, you're saying that 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 is how the center holds. Right. And yes. I don't. And again, we're not saying for people just joining us that we're talking about the center politically. We're talking about the moral center of a nation. That's how the center holds when you can hold two competing views or maybe not even competing two nuanced views at the same time. Nuance. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think it's not and it's not at all competing to say you know, I'm utterly against violent looting and rioting, and I'm utterly against the treatment of George Floyd and the abuses that occur. And we can work simultaneously together to address them both. And, 
And, but, you know, again, that's that attitude, that position, that posture, as I think there's an audience for it. I think there's an immense audience for it. There's a longing for that, I believe, in our society, in our country. But unfortunately, I go back to the opening part of the that the Yates poem that I talked about and when it says the um, the best lack all conviction while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Um, yes. You know, ask yourself if you're unfortunate enough to spend a lot of time on social media, who has the passionate intensity on social media? Is it the people who are advocating for that, that viewpoint that addresses all of the injustices vigorously, or is it the viewpoint that elevates one over the other and pits, you know, red, red team against blue team. And I think that sadly, we all know the answer to that question. Right. So David, is there a way back? Is there any hope for the middle holding? Because like you and you yourself know many well-meaning people who are bright and engaged and uh, want to see the truth prevail and the nation uh, ascend to a higher order. Is that even a possibility? I mean, it's, a, it's certainly a possibility, but it's hardly a certainty. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, where we've been in this country, we have faced worse violence, even in the relatively recent past. I was, yes. I'm researching uh, an essay or researching a piece regarding riots, uh, urban riots. And we've forgotten how violent the riots were of the late 1960s. I mean, it was thousands of buildings burned, uh, hundreds, sometimes more than a thousand people injured, dozens of people dead, the, you know, 82nd Airborne patrolling the streets of American cities. You know, we, we have forgotten that. And we, we came out of that. We did. We came out of that in a way where we look back on some of the years of the 80s and 90s as, as sort of a golden age of American unity. So, we can do it. Uh, we have persevered through depression, um, economic, depre- you know, economic depressions, and, and we've persevered through dramatic recessions. We, we've done it. We can do it. But we also know that this nation did at one point fracture. It did. That also happened. And so we know that that's a possibility as well, because it's not as if the people of 1860 and 1861 had a worse human nature than the people of 2020. It's all the same human nature. Mm-hmm. And so yes. that's where leadership really matters. I'm into that. David French talking about his latest piece at the dispatch. The center is not holding David, before you leave us, talk to us for a second about the dispatch. Yeah, it's uh, the dispatch.com. Would love for you to come check it out. It's uh, founded by Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes, late a weekly standard in national review. And our dedication and our goal is to bring uh, fact-based reporting and analysis in careful, uh, careful commentary, we're trying to get rid of clickbait, and we're trying to get rid of the out, uh, put a pause on the outrage cycle, and and uh, and and try to deliver a, a to our audience um, pieces and reported pieces that really help explain the world we live in today. Terrific content, David French. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back on today's ride home. Thanks.
As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code PEST20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Maybe you could relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. The great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called MediShare and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So yes, they can help share your needs too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. MediShare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker-inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At trinityjewelers.com. Coming down the home stretch is Liberty Mutual, followed by Customizes Your Car Insurance. But wait, from the back comes so you only pay for what you need. So it's Liberty Mutual, Customizes Your Car Insurance, so you only pay for what you need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. If you feel stuck at home with nothing to do but watch news reports about the coronavirus, you might be creating unhealthy stress for you and others. It's time to change your routine and take a break. Get some exercise, cook a healthy meal, or work Work on a hobby, reconnect with friends or family members online or by phone, and make sure you're getting plenty of rest. Don't let stress overtake you. And remember, together we'll get through this. We close our show with a public reading of scripture. Let God's works word speak to us today. This is first John chapter three. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? 
Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and with truth. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.